<laughs> MFIT Radio. Welcome back. This is MFIT Radio. I have, I just told you this, but when I think of how I got into my journey of strength, not just like good in gym class strong, but like really focusing on technique and utilizing my body as a machine, I think of you because you are the one who got me into this. So this is Neil Allman. Welcome to my podcast. Hey, Emily. Oh my God, so good to be here. (laughs) This is so fun. So you um, were my first coach ever. You started, I think I walked in, I call, I was working at U Shampooch in Stapleton and I was like, what is this CrossFit thing I keep hearing about? I Googled CrossFit, somebody, some video clip showed up of three women doing Fran and one lady started crying and I was like, I have to sign up. This is amazing. (laughs) So I Googled the CrossFit gyms in the area and you were the first one I called and you were half a mile away from my work. And you answered right away, and I think I went to class that day. Yeah, that was such a fortunate meetup that you just got right in. It's so nice when people come into the gym, like, ready. They're, like, they're there to learn and be receptive, and you were just like that when you started. You're like, show me the way. I was so ready, Yeah. Uh, which is awesome because I think that's how change quickly happens. We'll get into a lot of things, but really wanted to bring you on to talk about strength and not just for, you know, moms and pops and just people coming into the gym wanting to get stronger, but especially and specifically for kids. And I know that's near and dear to your heart. I would love to know, um, I think it's really cool to talk to people who are on a path and they feel like, you know, this is the direction they're going, but aren't necessarily happy. And so they do something to change it. And they're never afraid to do that something. And that's the epitome, I think, of you. You're very good at that. You listen to your heart always. So I would love to hear your story of how you even got into weightlifting and and CrossFit, or I think maybe more so strength training in general. Yeah. um, So I know you know this story and I love to tell it. When I was just a teenager in high school, I started volunteering at some summer basketball camps, and that was like my first exposure to any coaching. Um, And I did that through the end of high school. Then I got a personal trainer certification in college, like worked at the college gym a little bit, did some personal training, got into the group exercise program while I was getting an engineering degree. So I went to University of Florida, got a mechanical engineering degree with the minor in biomechanics, which was great. Like, I loved those years of school. Um, I loved working at the gym. Um, then I moved out to Denver after school and was looking for engineering jobs. And the more I looked, the more I thought to myself, this is just not what I want to be doing. Like, I don't want to sit in an office. I don't necessarily want to work for, like, the companies that are involved in this sort of thing. Yeah. It was, like, a moral dilemma for me. That was really tough. Um... And I was very fortunate at the time that I was in the middle of this dilemma, my landlord came up to me and said, hey, Neil, like, you got a job yet? No, no job. Well, I'm opening a gym next week. Do you want to come work for me? I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that was my good friend, Chris Lindley. He, uh, I worked for him right as he opened his gym. Um, that was where I learned about CrossFit. Just some members came in and mentioned it to me. And I think up to that point, like I said, I've been a group exercise instructor and I play sports. Like, I didn't really have like a real sense of actual strength training. CrossFit was definitely my first exposure to like back squats below parallel and like a heavy deadlift and strict pressing and, and things like that. And just spending those early years learning CrossFit exposed me to the, the foundations of weightlifting. And then I realized there was maybe even more niche. So as my career moved on, I ran some strength programs. The adults would do like eight-week cycles or um, 12-week programs or even four-week programs, um, helping people focus on strength training because it was so underserved. Like people knew flexibility work, and they knew cardio, they knew sports skills. And like most adults had never really been coached or taught or guided through like a strength program. So that was so amazing to not only learning myself, but then to, to feel like a specialist. Like I had this knowledge that I could really pass on to help people. Um, continued on from there as I, I then um, opened my own gym, a CrossFit gym um, for years, worked there, had some youth programs, 
um, sold the gym, moved out of country. And as we were coming back, uh, we were kind of prioritizing, like, if we're going to come back to America, like, let's make the most of it. Like, what do we, what can we really do? You were in and, Fiji. Yeah, we, I lived in Fiji for a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just took a year off and, like, enjoyed it. It was amazing. <laughs> we didn't do a whole lot of strength training on Fiji. It was more like laying on the beach. And you got skinny. Paddle boarding. <laughs> it was very different. Yes. Um, and, yeah, it was wonderful. So as we were coming back, we were like prioritizing. One of the things we thought was if we could really impact our community, like really have a positive uh, influence, it would be by working with youth. If we could help people get on a, a, a positive path, find direction and goals and good habits early on in their life, that, that would set them up for success throughout their lives. So coming back, one of the goals was to have these really successful youth programs. And I started that... Um, uh, early 2016, um, now we have Mighty Movement Academy, where we have, um, uh, in the spring, we had over 50 kids in our program. In the summer, now we have over 80 kids in our program. That's so awesome. Yeah, and in the fall, I think it's just going to keep getting bigger. I hope we're, so. We're just focusing on excellence and teaching these kids how to, how to be strong, be confident in their bodies and learn these movements and learn these skills. Well, it's so frustrating because you see, I'm reading this book called Glow Kids. Have you heard of this? Yeah. And it's just all about like the detrimental effects of iPads, iPhones, technology, uh, no, screen time, screen time, and not just how their their whole body they're they're hunching over and the natural movement that people are supposed to have up to adulthood of squatting below parallel without pain and not having this prone you know the shoulders everything, and I just think it's so crazy how it's just trickling down to a younger and younger population of the things that you see at a typical adult desk job those correctional or those. Um, um, imbalances, muscular imbalances are now happening in kids as young as like six and that's tough. So it's really awesome that you're tapping into that now. Yeah. I'm really fortunate that I have five kids and so I see it in them and I see it in their friends, the potential for really bad habits that are maybe just taken for granted as normal. And I think screen time is one of those things that we, you know, we like, we don't have a TV in our house and our kids don't have cell phones and um, because we've just seen the detriment there. Um, and then we get kids in our program who, like, their parents might be fearful of putting them in a weightlifting program. They're like, oh, man, I don't know if, like, if this is going to be a problem for my kid or they're going to get injured, where they would, most parents would never second-guess handing their kid an iPhone with, with the App Store. And, like, they were just like, ah, oh, whatever, that's not a problem. They're staying out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, they would happily give them those, that screen time. Yeah, we'll and talk to. They're so scared about uh, a qualified coach teaching them weightlifting. Talk about this, because you know I want to really address when is it too early to start a kid on a weightlifting program, and does weightlifting mean all the weight on the bar? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, there's a ton of misconceptions, and w- what you realize when you look at youth athletics is there's very little opportunities for strength training for them as a program. Um, so if you if you thought about like what are all the things my kids are exposed to that are like actually strength based, like gymnastics is the only one, mm-hmm. and they'll start at like whenever, like two years old, three years old, four years old. You can sign your kid up for a gymnastics program at any age. I would not say to start your kid in a weightlifting program at that age because there's really a maturity level um, with weightlifting that um, happens somewhere between 8 and 12 years old. So when they, you know, they actually research this and they study this and they look at kids and they're the sensitive period for the development of strength in children, um, it probably starts somewhere around 8 years old. But in my experience, a lot of 8-year-olds are not ready for it. And this is boys and girls. Um, yes. And again, it depends on maturity level. For example, I've worked with like seven year old girls who are totally ready. Mm -hmm. Like you could give them a one pound dumbbell or a three pound dumbbell or a 10 pound barbell and they are ready to learn and they're ready to focus Mm -hmm. and move and build that skill set. Where some, let's say 12 year old boys come in and they're all over the place like, oh, the attention is difficult, the focus is difficult, and the movements are, maybe they've not been moving their body enough, um, and they just have a much harder time learning. So, so in reality, their bodies are probably earlier 
ready earlier, much earlier than most parents. We put them in a program again, maybe like eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the kids' focus and coachability is probably the better determinant of when they should start a weightlifting program. That's a good point because it's that is oh so important when you have a class full of kids with weight. Yes, right. They're probably not going to learn one on one. No, they're going to learn yeah. in a small group somewhere. Okay, and that's so, what you run with your kids program. Yeah, in our kids program, we keep it six to one, so six kids to one coach, and it works really well. The kids get a lot of personal instruction and attention. With weightlifting, define that. I guess maybe for people are. Like I immediately go to, cause I'm, you know, an Olympic lifter. So like snatching and cleans and jerks and there, oh, right. <laughs> those are components, but in general weightlifting as a whole, what would you define that as? All right. Uh, I would say it just starts with getting the kids to move objects around. So I mentioned before, really light dumbbells or really light barbells, uh, but they might also throw, throw light medicine balls. Um, we even started with a, like a PVC stick, um, so their weightlifting is going to encompass all that light object manipulation, which again is different because gymnastics is a stationary apparatus, right? It's the floor or maybe some hanging rings or a beam they balance on. Um, where in weightlifting, the focus is um, just as much on how they move the body as how they move the weight, how they move mm. the dumbbell and the barbell and the medicine ball. Mm. Um, so you had mentioned earlier about um, loading kids up heavy. And one of the great parts of youth weightlifting uh, is that we get to have a long-term development plan with them. Because, let's say in contrast for adults, adults come in, they, they kind of want the results to start rolling in fast, and they want to see it, mm-hmm. and they want to know they're improving early, very early on, um, which is great because, you know, like I said, we want people to come in ready. Like, let's, I want to do this. I want to be sore. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right, that's really common. I want to be sore, coach. The kids don't necessarily ask to be sore. <laughs> but with the kids, we get to like we get to play the long game, and there's they they get it when we talk to them about it because our goal is not to get your kids strong this week or this month or really even like this year. But you know, we get a 12 year old or 14 year old, and we're like, okay, by the time you leave high school. You know, you should be strong and capable and confident and muscular. And so we get to play this game out for years and be patient, teach them skills, teach them movements, work on flexibility. Um, the best, I think one of the best things about our kids program is we'll, we'll finish a lift. Let's say it's back squats and they've just done their last set of back squats at 85 pounds and they come up to the coach and they say, can I do 95 pounds? And they're like, yeah, you can next time. Yes. Just come back in next week, and we're going to add some weight to that bar. And it keeps them excited. Oh, man, it's so good. Do you think that, you know, I've talked a lot, like, in a past podcast with sitting down too much for kids and how it causes, like, more more attention deficit disorders, and just getting them moving can automatically connect their body with their brain. Have you seen, I'm sure you've seen that yes. immediately. I see it. Um, I see both sides of it because we get the kids who come in. I get to talk to these kids a lot too. I try to get to know them. That when they come in having, let's say, sat a lot or played a lot of video games or they, they, they own a, a personal device, you always see these tendencies towards like struggling. They, they, ha- they just have a harder time moving because they've been doing it less. That they've just been sitting more or laying down more and not outside climbing trees and stuff enough. So, the, so on, the, on the beforehand, we talk to these kids, and the ones who haven't been doing it, it, it's just harder to learn new skills for them. It really is. Um, and then on the, the tail end of this, after they've been with us, um, we run our program in eight-week chunks. Eight weeks later, we talk to them, we talk to the parents, and they're like, oh my God, my son, my daughter feels so much better. Like Now they go out and play, and, and they told me, not only about all the weightlifting, they come on like, oh, I learned the rack position and I know how to set my back in a deadlift. But also that when they went to PE, they like play more in PE class. And when they go out and throw the football with their buddies or go swimming at the swimming pool, they're, they're so much more confident. Like they're ready to take their shirt off at the swimming pool. Yeah, and yeah. Like these kids now are empowered to start moving more. I love that. To get out of the chairs and put their devices down. And know that like the reward and satisfaction comes when they move their bodies and they challenge themselves. 
they set some goals and they, and they put in the work to reach those goals. And so it's, this is so needed because, I mean, I remember age, I, I think, especially for girls, like probably around 10, 11, 12 is like when they need so much to be distracted by everything that's going to happen to them inevitably with puberty and with emotion and with just trying to kind of find their place and avoiding insecurity, I think automatically happens when you're able to embrace your strength. I just, I think that's, I learned it when I was 20. I don't know, whenever I met you, <laughs> but it took that long. So what if it could be it 12 or 13? Yeah. yeah. And that's, so that's really awesome. I want to go back. So a little bit when you found CrossFit, you had already been in strength programs. I kind of want to just pick your brain. Like what was it about CrossFit that like, I know that when you found out about it, you were all in and it was yes. really like really appealing to you. And I kind of want to address that. Like what was it about CrossFit that really clicked for you? That's a great question. Um, at first, I think it was just the challenge of it. Like, I, I remember, like I said, I was working at a gym and some members mentioned CrossFit to me. I was like, oh, I'm going to look on the website, CrossFit.com, see what it's about. And just having done a couple workouts was so revealing that the level of fitness I had built and my concept of fitness was just totally challenged and destroyed by these first few CrossFit workouts I did where, I don't know, I mean, they were, like, embarrassing, right? Yep. Where I thought, okay, I'm fit, but this trainer guy, I work at this gym, and I can I've struggled my way through mm -hmm. these terrible workouts. So to start, I think it was really the challenge of it, and then um, what kept me there and really hooked me was the knowledge, the information that was shared across the community was so vast and so deep. Like, there was a ton of really good information that not only could I use for my own workouts, but that I could use when I was training people. Mm. And I didn't necessarily find out like, the other certifications and training I had in the past was good. And, you know, I was, I'd worked, uh, been certified through some good organizations. But once I applied, like, this newfound knowledge of um, gymnastics movement and weightlifting movement and monostructural and, and combining different pieces and challenging people with different movements and different modalities and different time domains, all the things that CrossFit um, talks about in their program, it was just so rewarding. It was like the differences in people just came, the changes came so much easier. Like people lost the body fat and built their confidence and reach that pull-up goal or that mile time. It's just so much faster. Yeah. Um, and not that it was easier, because the workouts were hard, right? They challenged their bodies just as much as maybe their egos and their mind. Um, but the results were so much better. And it was so easy, like, after months and now years of doing it, it was so easy to stick with it because it just works. It works yeah. so damn well. It really does. I mean, it's fun. And I just have to say, you're like the best coach, hands down, because you're oh, constantly, because of the reading and research you've done. I yeah. mean, you really are an incredible coach. So I think this is good for people to hear. Like, yeah, and for any, any other coaches who are listening to this, like continuing education and then applying your education is really the path to excellence. Mm -hmm. Like, like find other sources, go out and study, and then try putting it into your practice. And that's where it really comes together. For sure. I love that. I think with CrossFit, this is a tangent. Do you think it's what it used to be? Oh, good question. <laughs> because uh, I do, I almost, oh, hey. I know, because you got into it. What okay. year? What year uh, was that? 2007, like late 2007. So just over 10 years now. Yeah, and this I think old school CrossFit. Old school. Man. And I love it that is, old school CrossFit, yeah. but the way that they programmed, I think it's just been a little it's a little different now, right? Yeah, okay. That's a good question. Because like I honestly don't see CrossFit being that different because the fundamental concepts and theories and knowledge of it isn't isn't so different, but its um, reach has grown so far. There are like on the CrossFit website, they have their specialty certifications, and I want to say there's more than a dozen. Like, there are more than 12 different sort of ways to specialize in CrossFit, hmm. or pieces of it that you could study at, at a time, right? And I think that's one place that's really changed, that there's so many different ways now people apply it. It's not just a workout program that you do, three on, one off. Yeah. That now it's, it's like so many things to so many people. 
Um, I think that's one way it's really uniquely changed. Because early on, it was like CrossFit prescription. You did workouts prescribed if you could. Yeah. You did three on, one off, if at all possible. That was your schedule. You tried to work out with other people. You could join a gym if there was one near you. <laughs> Which you was so hard to find. Or like in the corner of the gym with people looking at you crazy. <laughs> um, and now um, it's totally different. Now, you know, not I would say probably not very many people are doing three on one off and trying to always RX the workout. Yeah. I think there's so much um, scalability and personalization that goes on in CrossFit. That's definitely a way it's changed. Yeah. I we haven't, you know, touched base in a long time, but I think I almost had to step away for a while because you know how competitive competitive I am. Uh, right. So well, when I, the whole competition scene. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole angle, right? And that's what people only usually see if they're not in the CrossFit community. But, um, you know, when I joined the gym, started at Park Hill, I, I immediately knew that I wanted to compete. Like, there was no question. So I went through competition, and I'm like a decent CrossFitter. I wouldn't say I'm great but I feel like I you know I'm decent but I yeah. there's only so far you can go when yeah. you're you know I just know my body and I know that I will never be an elite crossfitter and I was like I don't know if I'm okay. I took a while to accept that yeah you I know having those conversations with you yeah, yeah it was really tough and so I almost I've had I had a really good period of like Stepping away, making sure this wasn't defining me, and because that's so easy. I think I see a lot of people in these competitive community settings where it becomes a, a definitive part of who they are. So, like, if they feel like they failed at a workout or didn't do as well, they think lesser of themselves. And I was like, what am I doing? This is fitness. At the end of the day, this is for me to be fit. So I took a step back, and then now I'm getting back in the swing of things, and I'm having so much fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've always done – I will always do – I joined Colorado Athletic Club, oh, right so on. I've been getting, you know, in the corner and people staring at me, <laughs> kind of looks, but it was nice to just, like, be away from the community enough to appreciate it in a new light when I came back in, so that was good. Um, I want to talk, you are really good at programming. I actually would love to hire you one day to program for me, because I think you're really great at, I mean, you studied it, hands yeah. down, that's what you did. Yeah. You studied it studied and you implemented it. And then put it in practice and saw it worked. So I guess, I mean, that's kind of a broad topic, but when it comes to a good program or when it comes to, you know, maybe a personal trainer trying to program for their clients, I think it's important to realize, like, you have to see big picture. And when you don't, you're just working out to work out. Yeah. Um, so maybe that actually goes down to making goals more so than anything. But what are, what are your thoughts on programming for p certain body types and for certain people? Like with strength pro programming, I would I just would like to pick your brain on that. Great. Um, yeah, I really enjoy programming. Um, in the group setting, it's always different than individual programming. So there's kind of two um, trains of thought there. If you're going to program for a group setting like a, like a gym, their, their class structure mm -hmm. versus working with your one-on-one -on -one clients or more. Um, and I think, uh, let's see, I recently got USA Track and Field cert, and they said there are five foundations of fitness, and they are uh, speed, strength, coordination, flexibility, and endurance. And so I think when you talk to... Um, the people you want to train with, if you have some sense of those five things, you have a really good start. How much do they care about building speed, um, strength, flexibility, coordination, and endurance? And um, ask them those questions. Get in and get a sense of what your people are after. Do these people really care how strong they get or how um, agile they are or, or how fast they can run a mile or, or 10 miles or 26 miles? And so... The more you probe in on what the people actually want and what they're actually after, mm -hmm. then it becomes much easier to write your programs because then you get a really good sense of the goals. Yeah. Um, the best way to approach those goals is to let them, in the program that you write, let them see the measurable steps along the way. Let them see the progress. That you can't just hammer away at somebody for weeks and months <laughs> without, uh, you know, like test days or or benchmark days to, to test and retest themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's so rewarding in any program um, when you work your butt off for a week or two weeks or three weeks 
and then you get that workout that you've been looking forward to, that, that retest, whether it's your back squat max or your 400 meter time or uh, whatever the support to that person, that when you program, you want them to really go in and work mm-hmm. and um, have some sense of the movements they're working on, building a skill, um, being really aware of how they improve those movements, but then also building their capacity at them, that they have to work hard enough to produce a stimulus for change. I think it's interesting when I think of a well-structured program and that someone knows they're in a well-structured program. I almost think that sometimes it's the mentality of knowing that what, like trusting the process. Like I trust my coach and I know the work is being put in and just that mental shift can improve results so dramatically. Oh yeah. And I think that's like, so people don't get that. Like they don't realize how mental a PR is or how mental like beating your time is. And I think that's so cool. Like I trust it. I'm going to just do it. And therefore I'm putting it into the universe that I will be successful. Yeah. Well said. And you're fortunate that you've reached that place through experience Mm -hmm. that you've built that trust and that you've worked with people whose, whose programs you trust. Because, um, I, you know, I talk to people, I like to say at some point during your program, you're going to hit a place where you're like, this is not working. I've chosen the wrong program or I'm doing it wrong or I, something is done terribly wrong and this is not working. And it might just be like a bad test day. Like, you know, you do your retest and you actually got worse or slower or mm-hmm. less or something like, oh God. I'm getting worse. Oh, what a I, terrible feeling, It right? is the worst. And what you said is important that... If you really have communicated well with your coach and your coach has communicated well with you and you have a plan and, and the ideas are there to back up that structured program, it's going to work. You're going to like get through that sticking point or that mm-hmm. bad day or that bad week and it's, and it's going to turn over and the right result is going to come out at the end and you have to trust and that that's going to happen. And, and some really important positive self-talk happens there. And some important communication with your coach and your coach to the athlete happens there that makes all the difference. What if they don't know what their goal is? They want a little bit of everything. But usually, I think most... That's like the usual group setting, right? Yeah. People just want to come in and get fit. Yeah. Like, owning a gym, we'd bring people in for this introductory session, and they would say, like, what are your goals? And maybe half of the people had no goal at all. Or they, they wouldn't be willing to tell you it. They're like, it's like, I want to look better naked. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to be muscular and fit again, right? But but they didn't really, it wasn't tangible to them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, no problem. Like, come in, Jump in, get to work, man. Like, let's just start moving your body yeah. around. Let's show you a bunch of different things. And if the program, um, if the programmer is smart, they're going to give you those test days. And you're going to get so inspired. If you just come and start moving and they test you on a 400 meter run or that one rep max bench press or that gymnastic max set of pull-ups, like whatever it is, something's going to light that fire in you. You're like, I want to do 10 pull-ups. I want to run faster. I want to jump higher. I want like, it's going to happen. So even for the people who are unsure, yeah, just get in there and get going. You're going to find it along the way. When you do set some goals around it. Talk to your coach about those goals. Maybe um, add a specialty program or, or some special accessory work uh, around the things that you really uh, like are passionate about. Goat work. You used to call it goat work, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the old yeah, term? Yeah, like, if there's something you need to work on, work on it. Yeah. If there's a goal you want to work towards, go in and do that work. Don't... Once you find your, those passions and those things you really want to work towards, don't just be complacent with like your group workout or your general plan yeah start tailoring it like start doing that extra little bit of stuff that really lights your fire and test it which is huge and that's i think are you training for anything right now oh man i was gonna train there's an event the front range crossfit colorado open i was getting ready for that and then we planned a family vacation around it so not that Uh, no (laughs) (laughs) and that was a a Olympic weightlifting. That one is a CrossFit fitness competition. Oh, oh, fun! Um, not CrossFit sanctioned. Oh, is it the one you won last time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I tied for first place last year. I'm like, I'm gonna go defend my title, (laughs) and I'm not. 
No. Okay. Well, so then. I, I'm in the middle because of that. I said, well, what's something else I really like to focus on? So I'm in the middle of a strength program right now, um, just to get my absolute strength up, um, the highest it's ever been. So my goal is to like put up my biggest squats and push presses and, and snatches and um, those sorts of things. Right now, weightlifting specific, um, because. Uh, I've invested so much in our youth weightlifting program. I was like, man, I really want to be a role model for these kids and like be that coach that they're like, dang, my weightlifting coach is so strong. <laughs> for example, we have, we have one of our coaches in the program is a, like a top national level Olympic weightlifter, Megan Valentine. She's fantastic. I love her. And I'm going to lift with her Wednesday. Oh, you're going to have a good time. <laughs> oh, when this airs. Yeah, I can't wait. She is so good. And... I, want, I was like, I want to be like Megan. I want to be like that great coach, that weightlifting coach is just so strong. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely been a goal, uh, a very uh, directed goal for the past six weeks. Like, I want to get as strong as possible. I've, I've gained about 15 pounds in six weeks um, to, to work towards that goal. Are you doing any conditioning at all with this being um, your goal? Outside of just, like, no. fun? <laughs> like... And I go back and forth between that. And I've been doing CrossFit so long that I actually like to cycle onto and off of it. And so every year at some point during the year, over the past 10 years, I like have just stopped CrossFit, stopped my general physical preparedness program and had a singular goal at some point. And that's currently the strength program. So I have two more weeks of it. At the end of those two more weeks, I'll, I'll do some more goal setting. But my base is going to be go back to CrossFit, um, apply all that strength to, you know, Metcons building and... the Metcon back yeah. up and building that muscular endurance back up um, and, and set some new goals, very mm. specific goals to work towards. With your programming, what are you, what program are you following? Is it your own? No, I, I program for myself. I, my goal is, to, like I said, study and apply. So sometimes I'll study programs and apply it and try it on my own. And then other times I'll um, hire a coach or, or buy a program or get a book and pull a program out of a book and do that. So the current one is actually through CrossFit Invictus. Oh. They have an eight-week online strength program where you uh, use some online software, uh, FitBot, and you have some back and forth with the coach involved. Oh. And... It's, uh, it's eight weeks, five days a week, a lot of weightlifting, a little bit of gymnastics, but really mostly just weightlifting. Yeah. Skills. Oh, that's awesome. And I learned a lot because the coach, um, the programmer for that eight week program for Invictus um, uses the conjugate system, mm-hmm. um, which is made really popular by Louis Simmons at Westside Barbell. And I know that well because I've used it um, off and on for years now. Which I love, and he he applied it differently. A lot of the same ideas. Who's but, the coach at Invictus? Um, I, I want to say it's Dustin Keller. Okay. I believe that's. I hope I said the right name to do him credit. <laughs> uh, he just kind of added some different stuff that I hadn't been doing, and took out some other things I was doing. It's really been great seeing somebody else's program. Yeah. Using the same theories, using the same conjugate system. I love conjugate. How he applied it. Band work, lots of band work. Yeah, I think that's so. You introduced me to that at Cross, and it, there was um, lots of chains, lots of bands. We improvised quite a bit, and right. it was it was awesome. <laughs> I really like that. Talk, can you just address that a little bit when you are using band work? Because not a lot of programs do it, especially uh, yeah. in typical. Right. I was just studying this other book, and it said in training you, there's basically like three types of resistance you're going to use for strength training. And the first one is inertia or just like weight, right? Like either your body weight or the, the weight of the thing you're lifting. And that applies to almost all the strength training everybody does. Like all you ever think of is inertia, moving weight. Mm-hmm. But there's there's two other really common forms that work really well. One is elasticity, and that's just working against elastic bands. Um, so I think a lot of people have like the at-home, um, you know, bungee cord, maybe with the handles on the end sort of thing. And that's like as far as their concept of it goes. But there's actually so many more ways to apply resistance bands to exercises. For example, Westside says to use the um, combined resistance method. So you use weight on a barbell or dumbbell and band resistance. You like add the bands to the bar. If you've never seen this, um, you know, you can find some stuff on YouTube on Westside Barbell. Um, there's a lot of really good information. And then the third is um, is friction or 
uh, hydrostatic resistance, like like when you're spinning the wheel on a rower or like mm. swimming through water, it's, there's friction and, and fluid resistance, um, like pushing a sled, those sorts of things. Mm. And so I think so many people like underuse these other ways to get to use resistance to get strong. Yeah. That once you apply them, there's this immediate benefit. Like, yeah. Just because you have this new stimulus and this new challenge for your body, people like just suddenly. Maybe you were plateauing, you like suddenly start getting stronger again. Yeah. Or you were, you were getting stronger, but now you have this new application of strength, like speed strength from the dynamic effort band work, or uh, this new power from sled pushes, or, you know, it's, it's really cool when you... Um, Diversify. Always. Always. Yeah. I, like, I guess a simple example for them to visualize, maybe like a push-up with a band. So like there's a band around your shoulders and your hands are on the band. Would that be a good like at home for? Oh man, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of like. Like we're saying with the, the bungee, the you know the bungee tubing mm-hmm. and the handles. You put your handles on. You put the bungee back around your back, around your shoulders. You do your push-ups now with like added resistance. And it obviously increases as you get to the top, which is oh, the yeah, whole goal. Because sure. <laughs> of the band work. Yeah. Because it's not the same. It like changes that as you push, the band stretches and you get more band tension. Yeah. So you're, you're with bands that. Resistance changes during the lift. It's reversed. Yeah, it's so cool. I love that. What is your favorite program you've ever done? Oh, um, okay. Pete. Getting ready for that competition last year, the Colorado Open, where I tied for first place. I um, in, that was in August. In January and February, I programmed myself a gymnastics base. Um, from a book called Overcoming Gravity by Stephen Lowe. Um, so for two months, I built a gymnastic base. Then March, April, I built a weightlifting base using like the conjugate method and still, still building up my gymnastics. And I was doing cardio along the way, but my focus for a couple months was on um, the conjugate system for weightlifting. March, April, and then May, June, and July, um, used what I knew from the weightlifting and gymnastics work and tried to keep pushing my progressions there and just hit CrossFit really hard at a local gym with my friends. Um, And that was like my favorite program ever because it made sense to me at the time to to kind of go in that order, build some body weight movement. This is when I just got back from Fiji. Yeah. Build some body weight movement, get back into weightlifting, and then really like push up my my overall fitness across it. I loved that progression for me. And the result was great. I mean I went to a local competition and and tied for first place. Yeah. That's so fun. I need help with my goal meal. (laughs) Seriously, I was at seven I was at seven two zero yesterday and do you know Emily Yates? Yeah. She was like, she's a new coach there, and she was just like, Em, what are you training for? <laughs> I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> and it was like the first time I haven't. I mean, it's been a long, it's hard. It's really tough because yes. it's either I'm all in with competing and I want to be the best, or I'm like semi competitive and then just with no goal. So I, I'm having a tough time. So I'm trying. Yeah. Do you have any advice for me? Okay. So I mentioned this earlier. Like, I, I totally encourage people to cycle their training over time to maybe go from this really heavy competition mode um, to a non-competition mode or, or a bunch of gymnastics to a bunch of weightlifting to a bunch of conditioning or CrossFit or sports skills and like change, change your program over time because um, I think that's where you'll have the most long-term benefit. So it's totally okay to go through a stretch of like no goal. Like that's totally fine. Okay. Unless you're a professional athlete or something, yeah. in which case you have fallen off the track and you're going like, to lose your sponsors and stuff, Yeah. right? So if you are just doing it because you love it and because it really deeply satisfies you, it's okay, totally okay to go through a stretch of no goal. Now, as you get back into goal setting, um, I think some of my favorite methods are one, sign up for something. Sign up for an event, sign up for a competition, sign up for a training group. Um, buy an online program just like invest and commit to something yeah sign up for a softball league sign up for like anything yeah like just invest and commit to something I think that's a simple one because then that's the goal the goal is like I need to train with this group or I need to make the um, make it to these practices um 
another great way to start your goal setting is to look back at what worked for you in the past. Like, go back through your old training history, your old journals. Like, I remember looking back um, at my best weightlifting numbers and like, I want to beat those numbers. Holy crap, I was so strong <laughs> back in that month or that year or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I lifted that much weight. I want to beat that. I know if I work hard, I can beat that number. So it's cool. Just like look back through your old training notes, your old training journals, and like you'll find that passion. Oh my God, I used to be able to walk 50 feet on my hands sort of thing. Yeah. I keep um, thinking, did I ever tell you my PR snatch? I, no. I finally hit 175. Whoa. And I that was last summer. And now I'm like, yeah, right. 175 <laughs> seems like a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like deadlifting that the other day. Like, yeah, right. There's no way that this is going to happen anytime soon. But I do like that because it's true. It's like when you, a lot of times you see your past as your past. Like former athletes that feel so far away from where yep. they were. They're, it's still there. Like you will get it back. And it's so fun to, when you start to see that with clients when they start to get it back. But that's a good point. I I think I maybe just I'll wait a little bit before yeah. I sign up for something. Yeah, you can go through a, a phase of just like I think I saw you um, working out on the beach. I think there was a video of you working out on the beach the other day. And you're just like out there having fun, like yeah. the sand around. And who's to tell you that that's wrong? That that's not what you're supposed to be doing at the time. Yeah. Right? Because you're like, because you had some specific goal you were supposed to, you were supposed to be working towards. Yeah. Um, so there's a great merit to just taking some time to enjoy movement and enjoy your fitness and enjoy doing it with the people you love. Yeah. And it's summer. So like, get the fuck outside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Too many people. I do see that a lot. I think that was frustrating for me. Like, in order to hit the training, I was in, inside a lot. And that, you know, it's so not okay for your body. We're already inside all the time. Yeah. So then to just get into a training program where you're not able to get outside as much as you're, you know, available, like as, when the sun is up, try to utilize that a little bit. So Yeah, for sure. There's always a balance there. That's why I think it's okay to not have goals for a while because when you um, want to prioritize and give direction, you always have to give something else up. Yeah. You'd be like, I want to be an incredible weightlifter. You're going to have to give up some amount of, let's say, cardio, right? Or you're like, I want to be an amazing CrossFitter. You're yeah. going to have to give up some, like, family time or something. You know, there's always, like, a give and take there where if you're open to just experience and living in the moment, um, then you don't have to sacrifice. You can just, like, your friend invites you to go do something fun. And you're like, yeah, I can totally do that. That doesn't interfere with my training plan for tomorrow. Yeah. Or yeah. I like that you said that because a lot of people that come to me, they want to get really strong and they also want to lose body fat. So it's a tough, like how, like you, you're on a really intense strength program and you will gain, gain muscle slash mass. So it's important to know, like there are certain programs where you can definitely build strength, like with CrossFit, you can build strength and also change your body composition. But if it's just like primarily to get strong as ever, there's definitely a body composition change that sometimes is hard for people to accept. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think culturally, there's so much push towards athleticism, meaning leanness, that if you're really fit, you have a low body fat percentage. Like, that's just how we talk about it in, in, in our gyms and in our lives. And um, with few exceptions, those few exceptions might be like like real weightlifting studios where they would tell you, hey, dude, you should be, probably put on 10, 20, 30, 40 pounds. <laughs> you want to, like, be good at this thing. Yeah. You told me um, that, remember? You're yes. like, look at your torso, Emily. I'm like, what is wrong with my torso? You're like, <laughs> compare it to everybody else in CrossFit. It's too small. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. you're. I was still in this, like, lean equals fit mentality. But if I want to, wanted to move mass, I had to gain – I had to be comfortable gaining weight. Yeah, for sure. And so that becomes a new mindset for a lot of people who get into it um, because we said there's always some sacrifice, right? Like if you want to get really strong and you want to gain muscular body weight, especially if you're starting from a point of leanness, of low body fat, you're going to have to accept gaining body fat. Mm. Um, and depending on your program and like how smart you go, you go about it, you might even gain like 50, 50 fat and muscle. So you're going to see 
Um, your clothes fit differently, and you're going to see your uh, perception of yourself in the mirror isn't necessarily going to get better. You're, <laughs> you're going to see yourself uh, filling out your body more, but like your muscle definition might be disappearing. Your abs might be one ab. <laughs> um, and I'm really fortunate. I mean, my wife is so supportive of me that um, she'll, she'll kind of tease me about it, joke about it. And she was like, oh, you were holding one of our babies the other day. It was so great because you looked like a real dad because, like, your belly was kind of sticking out. <laughs> um, and that's totally fine, like, because I've accepted that. That's your goal right now. Over the years of strength training, that if I really want to get strong, if I want to, like I said, look back and, like, man, I want to beat those numbers. Like, I know I can be a stronger version of myself than ever before. Then that's probably going to happen 10, 15, 20 pounds heavier than when I started. Hmm. And, and that's where I'm at now. I've gained about 15 pounds in six weeks, which is maybe a little aggressive. It could definitely be done a little more s- slowly and methodically. Are you just eating that. everything? But that's worked really well for me. Yeah, what, what's worked really well for me in weight gain is not necessarily big meals. I really struggle to eat like a big meal, but rather um, multiple full meals out of day. So I'll just eat like a full size meal, but rather than three of them plus some snacks, it's like five meals or maybe six. Do you get sick of eating? And yeah, absolutely. So uh, <laughs> I just had like a wave of depression. I know your whole body language. Uh, oh no! Because yeah, sometimes you know it's it's so goal dependent. It's like you know you have to make some sacrifices. That um, you have this amazing food in front of you. It's delicious and savory, and you're like, I don't even want to eat this, mm. but I need to eat 700 more calories before I go to sleep tonight. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think everyone's a little different here. For me, again, it, it made more sense to try to eat several meals throughout the day. That was so much more manageable for me. And another strategy I think that works really well if you're trying to push up your, your total intake, your total protein, your total calories is... After you've eaten a meal, take in some extra liquid calories. Please not soda or like fructose. Fruit yeah. Stuff. Yeah, please stay away from that. Uh, but like have a small protein shake or, or a big protein shake. Like those are the hardest ones for me. I remember just two nights ago, uh, I you know, reached bedtime and I had not eaten enough. And I, I just eaten a full dinner. And it's like 9.30 at night. And I made like a 1200 calorie shake Holy shit. and I got halfway through it and I have a belly full of dinner half of the shake down and I'm standing there in the kitchen with my wife like I don't I don't know if I can do this <laughs> and she said what I love to say which is eating is training mm. and if you really have a training plan eating has to be part of that she's like eating is training Neil she's like you just, you just have to finish that before you go to bed I love Denise. (laughs) And it goes both ways. People think gaining weight is so easy because everyone talks about losing weight and like it is equal. I think that emotional component is equal either way you're going. Can you tell me um, before we get off this topic, like if someone like how do you find a caloric surplus for an individual? Uh, For you, do you just consume calorie or do you have a certain caloric number that you're trying to aim for. Yeah, great question. I think everyone's a little different. The, the best plan is to have a plan, mm. for sure. Like, have a calorie macronutrients plan. Some people do much better with really specific um, structured guides. And there's a lot of really good organizations now that will give you macronutrient guidelines um, for weight gain, even if you tell them that's your goal. Um, I think... First, specifically for strength training, the best place to start is with your total protein intake. Um, and there's there's some wiggle room here, but a good a base for strength training and weight gain would be one gram of protein per pound of desired body weight. Mm. So if you weigh, for my case, I started out at 210 pounds, and my goal was to get to something like 225, 230 pounds. So my goal is to eat that many grams of protein every day. Hmm. Which is a lot. Yeah. And and if you're going to just go with food, that's a ton of meat. That's a ton of high-protein food. So I supplement with whey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I found a way that I digest really well. So uh, start with that because that's going to support your muscular growth, number one. And then you really just need total calories. Um, and don't be afraid of carbohydrates if you're in weight gain mode. 
Um, so some people do well with, with high fat diets during their maintenance phase. That's great. And I think when you really go into weight gain, you got to look at bumping your, your total carbohydrates way up mm-hmm. to, to help your increased calories. For sure. So again, everyone's a little different here, but you might get, um, for example, twice as many carbs as proteins. If I'm trying to get 230 grams of protein, I might eat close to 500 grams of carbs in a day. And so you kind of have to look at um, those, those sorts of things. Then figure out what works for you. Like, get on the scale. Yeah. If your goal is to really get strong and push up your body weight um, during that process, the scale's not going to lie to you unless it's a crappy scale, which we found out we had one. Really? <laughs> so, you know, you like, you lean forward, you lean back, oh. changes. Oh, man. Right? So make sure you have a scale that's reliable. And then check in with yourself, maybe not every day, but, you know, um, at the same time of day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you if you had a number one or a number two, that's going to affect it. If you've just eaten a meal, that's going to affect it. So, so be smart about, like, the conditions with which you retest your body weight. Because it can so vary. Yeah. And, and look for that trend. Look for the trend of your body weight to be moving up. If it's not, you're not eating enough. And I hear it all the time. Oh, my God, especially with the young boys. Because we get so many skinny boys, right? They're like, I, I move all the time. And, like, and I eat so much. You don't even know how much I eat, coach. I'm like... I don't know, how much do you weigh? <laughs> and then we weigh him again, like in eight weeks, they've gained a pound. Oh, like, nice. I eat so much, coach. And like, well, if no. your goal is to really get really strong and gain some body weight, young man, you did not eat enough. So let's start looking at it. Let, like, how much protein did you eat? And with the young boys, it's always protein. Like, they just can't get enough protein. Hmm. Um, and so, like you said, it's, it's not easy. It's forced. It's, you have to be methodical, and know that it's not always going to be fun to eat that giant steak or it's not always yeah. going to be fun to have that extra protein shake right before you go to sleep. Yeah. But if that's part of your plan, then you have to find the ways to enact it. Food is training. Yeah. Either way, weight loss or weight gain. I love that. Where can they find more about your program? Yeah, so we're just here in Denver with MightyMovementAcademy.com. Cool. And we've got a bunch of youth programs right now. It's been such a blast, like a little over a year now. Uh, our goal is to, one of our goals is to kind of help ex- expand into some other gyms and, and give them our program. Yeah, because it's, it's successful. It's not always yeah. been so. So, like, I think you've really figured it out. Yeah, we, we would really love other gyms to be able to implement youth weightlifting and be successful with it um, because it took us several tries to get it right. And um, there's a limited information on Mighty Movement Academy just about our program. So if you really like want to get in touch with me, go on there. My contact info is on there. Cool. And you can call me, email me. I've, you know, I've been doing this for years and years, and I have a real deep passion for making it better and improving. So if, if you have some ideas, throw them at me because I want to get better. If you're looking for information, oh my God, I would love to share information with you. That's awesome. Thank you for meeting me and doing this. Yes, so great. Yeah, it's so great. And we got to catch up finally. Yes. It's been too long. Yes. All right, thanks guys. I'll see you guys next week.